This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. What's up? Day late, dollar short. That's what they say. I apologize. Hair looking fan fucking tastic on the video side. What's up with the what's up, baby? I got to pick them for May 14th UFC Fight Night in Vegas 54. Maybe it's 54. Don't know the hashtag, but uh, doing it a day late. I'm sorry. I ran into some stuff yesterday. Couldn't really get it done. I had a small window to do it. And, you know, to be honest, with you, I just was like, you know, I got to save that energy. You know, we're doing midday. Usually I do it at night. So you're getting midday energy from Brian here. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty great. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to do the pick them, maybe. May 14th. Kind of a uh, main event's good. I think there's some spots. I saw a lot. Here, here's here's my biggest issue, right? I saw a lot of cappers uh, on Twitters say, hey, there's some really good spots here for betting. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And the more I dove in, the more I dove in, the more I was like, I, I don't see these spots. I see some spots, but I don't see the spots that they're talking about. And it's uh, it's a little nerving because it's like, hey, man, what am I doing wrong? Right? I'm seeing the same thing they're seeing. What is your boy doing wrong? But um, again, maybe I just, I, I'm not confident in the side. Maybe my confidence is a little thing, a little bit of an issue right now after losing a slime ball two weeks in a row. But I doubt it. I'm a confident man. And I got a slime ball, boys, at the end of the show that I'm going to read off to you. And there's going to be a member of this slime ball where you're going to strongly disagree with. And say there's no way you can you could rely on this fighter to win, um, but that's where I'm at. That's where it's like almost like this is a fuck you slime ball because we've been two or three, two or three, two or three for the all our losses are just one fight away. And I just want to say fuck you to the MMA gods. I'm loading up on this person, and we're taking it to the house. <laughs> And, I mean, it's a thin card, too. I mean, there's 11 fights. I didn't love, again, I didn't love everyone on the card. Um, so, what are you going to do? I am drinking out of my daughter's. I usually have a Yeti cup with me. My daughter's Mickey Mouse cup. I don't know. Maybe we got this in Disney World. I do not remember. If you're on the video side, you can see this. She was very upset when I brought this into the office. She goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going with that. And I said, oh, I, um, I got to record a podcast. Okay, we'll get your own cup. Dad's cups are in the, the in, uh, in the washer. This washer, they're getting washed. Okay, wait till they're done. <laughs> it's like, hey, tough. I'm gonna take your cup. Okay, I'm gonna take your cup. Um, what else did I have? A I, I feel like I always got like a little dumb little fucking story to tell you in the beginning or some shit like that. I think I got it all out on the recap show. I think we're just strictly here for fights, just strictly about that business, about getting these monies. No fluffing around, no huffing, fluffing, huffing, fluffing. Is that a word? Huffing, fluffing. Yeah, it might be a word, huh? That might be a word. What are you going to do? Oh, I will tell you this one little thing here. If you've been with me a long time, you guys know I complain about online sales and stuff. I have a lot of gear. I acquire a lot of things via, you know, because it's like oh, maybe I got to check this mic out. Maybe I got to check this light out. Maybe I got to check this camera out. Maybe I got to whatever. So I'm always constantly selling stuff. I'm not a hoarder. I don't hold on to things. If I'm done with it, if I liked it, I need to move on. I get rid of it. So I have a new monitor or an old monitor I need to get rid of. 
Paid 900 bucks for the monitor, you know, a year ago. Asking 600 for it. Now, I put it on Facebook Marketplace only because I'm not shipping this thing. The thing's fucking huge. So if you're listening to this and you're close to me, you want a monitor, you get the MMA Takes discount. I'll, I'll, I'll discount it real cheap for you. Very nice 4K, 34-inch wide, uh, ultra-wide monitor. Dope monitor. It's, it's, it's in perfect condition. I keep my shit pristine. But it's spring cleaning time. I got a new monitor. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm selling some gloves as well, some some uh, 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 boxing gloves that are in perfect condition that are hard to get right now. So I'm selling those as well. And just a couple other things, you know, whatever. Um, and the negotiations are always, they always crack me up, right? I'm not a good negotiator. Uh, like if I go buy a new car or used car, I'm not very good at being like, well, I need 10 grand off the asking price or I'm walking. Like, I'm not good at that. Usually if the sticker says whatever it is, I'm like, I'll pay that. You know, I'm, I'm one of those suckers. But when these people message you on, especially Facebook, eBay is not as bad, but on Facebook, it's funny. So I put the, put the computer, the monitor up, the community monitor, whatever. Up for 600 bucks. Thought it was a reasonable price. Obviously, I'm going to get some some low ball offers. Obviously, I'm going to get some guys coming in at probably like 400, 500 bucks. So I only get one offer. It's been up for a couple days now. I've got one offer. I wake up to it as some guy. He goes, hey, man. Dot, 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 dot. I'll take it for 150. And I'm like, okay. So I look at the guy's name. I was like, do I know this guy? Is this guy fucking with me? Are we buddies? And, and I'm missing the joke here. Don't look at the guy's profile. Don't know who he is. We're not, we don't have any mutual friends. I go, okay. So now I'm like, my man, you're asking for a $450 discount. I said, we're not even warming up to negotiations. I said, I paid 900 for it you know, a year ago. 600, not firm, but it's definitely not 150 firm. But you're asking for right off the get for a $450 discount. I went, LOL, my guy, no. He responds back. This is like five in the morning when I woke up for work to, and, I, and I got this too. He responded back quickly and was like, fine, 175. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I didn't respond to him because uh, now at that point he's just like doing a bit, but uh, it was very funny. Fine, fine, 175. You arm twisted, 175. So uh, that was very funny. But yeah, these negotiations with some of these people, man. Are just they're just dumb dumbs, you know. All right, fight time. Speaking about not dumb dumbs, your boy sharp, sharp, sharp as a motherfucker. We're gonna get to these motherfucking fights. Line have moved. I got these lines yesterday because I was doing the. I was gonna do it yesterday, so I apologize if lines have moved. I do have DraftKings open. We'll maybe go with some props. We'll look into the prop bull as well. Diving in. First fight, Nick Maximoff, 8 and 0, minus 380. Woof. Versus Andre Petrovsky, 7 and 1, plus 290. Big steep price. Let's see if this stayed the same. Minus 380, plus 290. Has stayed the same. Man, I tell you what, I, I tweeted out yesterday what 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 fight you guys boys looking forward to and or what performance, what fighter, whatever the case may be. And, and I saw a couple Maximoffs in there. People are high in this kid. Is is it is it the Diaz bump? Is it because he's Nate's boy? Um, you know, he's eight and He's a good wrestler, he's a good scrambler, a little undersized 25. His rest or excuse me, his stand-up needs to kind of come along a little bit. He's very hittable, but he's tough. And his submissions on the ground, I don't think, are, are, are world-class. At least I don't think he's getting world-class guys out of there. Andre Perdoski, this dude, huge, big, strong dude for 185. Gasses out quite a bit. 
he had this number next to him, an even bigger number. He was in the he was in the thousands, I believe, when he fought uh, Michael Gilmore, and he won ground and pound round three. He wasn't the most impressive performance. Definitely didn't look like a minus thirteen hundred or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and then you know, and then he he rebounded against Young uh, Young Zong Hu. Who, who, right? Yeah, this guy was three and three. He was three and two or three and one or whatever. Former heavyweight coming down to, uh, coming down to 85. Big kid, big Chinese kid, but just not, not UFC caliber, not UFC level. Was getting knocked around in there, but finishment on round three. So the back to back round threes, I kind of like is the fact that I think he's got some cardio issues. Homeboy likes to slow down, likes to gas. He definitely did that in Brian Battle fight. He did that in the uh, Aaron Jeffrey fight way back in the LFA. This guy was the number one pick on the Ultimate Fighter, did not win it, but he is good on the ground. He had a grappling decision win with Fury grappling against Phil Halls back in December. I saw some highlights of that. Um, wasn't the uh, was a pretty good performance. Phil Halls isn't like a submission grappler, but he's a fantastic wrestler, and Petrovsky looked pretty good in that. Now, so we enter this fight. Maximov just way too big. That, that is a little bit of a Diaz bump. I do think he, he deserves to be the favorite. He is incredibly scrappy on the ground. He's hard to hold down. His scrambles are great. Um, he's hard to put away with jiu-jitsu. I just don't think his jiu-jitsu is all that great, so I'm not looking at a finish here. Over 2.5 at minus 155 is a beautiful number. I would put that with anything, and I'm going to go Andre Petrosky here, plus 290 as well. We're going dog off the bat. Look at the boy's shoulders. Look at the boy's shoulders here, boys. Uh, we're going the dog off the bat. Um, I just don't like this huge fucking number on Maximoff here. A lot of people love Maximoff. I get it. He's pro- you know he's got the number because maybe Vegas is seeing something I'm not seeing. But Petrosky, he's the bigger, stronger guy here. And if he has cardio, which he has two back-to-back third-round finishes, not saying he's probably going to finish Maximoff because Maximoff is a stud, but and he's durable. But Petrosky, if he can if he can land some stand up and he could be on top, because Maximoff likes to throw some wild shit on the feet, stand hand wise, and then shoot, 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 shoot. I mean, he just shoots on you left and right. That's obviously the 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 key to where Petrosky is to make him constantly grapple. But he is a good grappler himself. This gave me a little bit of pause because I can't play that big number. I just absolutely can't. Nick Maximov, he's eight. No, he's very young. Petrosky seven to one. They're both very very young in their MMA career. Both very very young in the UFC career. I can see why people are, are very high in Maximov because again he's 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 got that Diaz bump. He's got that attitude. And and this shouldn't be the first fight of the night. First off, I don't know why the fuck this is the first fight of the night, but. Um, yeah, give me the underdog and Petrosky at plus 290. That is just too juicy for a guy I think is pretty good. I don't think he's a scrub. I think the cardio thing is is obviously going to be talked about a lot. This might be stylistically a bad matchup for him. He would maybe want to keep this on the feet because he's a bigger guy and, and Maximov's hittable, but Maximov's going to turn this to a grappling match. Can Petrosky do something off his back? Can he scramble? Can he create sweeps? Can he get on top? Because he's only going to win if he's on top. He's not like the biggest submission threat from his bottom. And Maximoff is pretty solid on defense. A lot of ways this fight can go. But I'm not wavering. I'm picking the dog here, Petrosky. I see why, you know, the Diaz bump is happening here. But that number, guys, boys and girls, your boy can't play that number. He just can't. I can play 290. Plus 290, because that makes me tingle. Woo. Next up, Carlos Candelario, 8-1. This was a fight that got booked a while ago. Carlos got sick, plus 195 versus Tashua Tyra. 
Minus 240. I've already broken down this fight, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I like Tashura. I think he's going to win. I've, I went on the whole. There's not a lot of ton of Japanese fighters in, in mixed martial arts anymore, at least to the elite level in the UFC. Old school pride fan. Love the Japanese fighters. Want to see him succeed. And Tashura Tyra is kind of the guy that's coming in here and has a lot of hope. I think he's crafty on the ground. I think his wrestling is a long way from being good. His stand-up, I think he's got a good kick. And, and defensively, he's he's a little bit of a hit or miss. But I like him here against Candelario. I know Candelario is a lot of people's underdog darlings. I get it. He's fought the better competition. Tashura Tyra's record is not that great. I just think he is skilled. I think he's talented. I think he's going to create scrambles. He's really good at taking the back, even if it doesn't hit the mat. Um, and I think he is dangerous when he gets there. I think the kid is 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 good, good size as well for 125. So give me to short Tyra, slime ball candidate number one. Shit, number one, baby. He's number one candidate. Might not make the list. Got a few candidates. We'll see at the end of the show. Uh, almost made it my motor lock. I did not because there's a fighter I like down the card and UFC debut, whatever. But since the fight got pushed, I've even looked at it and thought about it more. And, I, and the more I like to show uh, to win this fight. All right. Vina Jandaroba minus 165 versus Angela Hill, baby. Uh, plus 145. Love this fight for many reasons. I love Angela Hill. I think she is probably the best 13 and 11 fighter that's ever existed playing on earth. She is hilarious. She is funny. Her Twitter game is great. Um, and she doesn't take herself too seriously. She's 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 awesome. She's a total package, right? However, she needs to win. She needs to win fights. As much as I love her, she needs to win fights. I think she's going to have a, a tremendous career outside of here. She's going to be on the desk somewhere. She's going to be announcing fights somewhere. Um, you know, she's 37, which... You know, I think she still has some some years left in her, maybe maybe three more years. Um, but definitely in the next two or one or two is is the high level stuff where you're going to start. Maybe you've been training your whole life for a fucking uh, title shot. Let's go get it. And I think that's going to happen with the next two years. So this is a big fight for her. She's fighting stylistically a bad matchup for her. Ginger Roba just likes to shoot at the legs. She's coming off two decision losses over Tisha Torres. Very close fight. Probably. Could have won that fight. She dropped Tisha Torres in the first round a few times. Mena Lomos, which a lot of people do think she won, did think she won that fight. Um, but it seems like every time she reaches these high up, uh, high up fighters, she 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 drops a decision. Um, way back when in Miranda Marcos back in 2019, she got armbarred pretty nasty in the Marcos fight. Got completely dominated on the ground. That's the fight that threw me pause. Because Jandaroba is an absolute slick beast on the ground, right? High-level black belt, good wrestler. Um, she's coming off a decision loss over Mandy Hebos, and that's the fight that I go back to on this. Mandy Hebos, good striker, good on the ground. Angela Hills worked tirelessly uh, to get this fight, keep fight on the feet, uh, keep the fights on the feet. In the Manda Lamos fight, she went after Lamos, man. That's the big thing is, like, it's like, let's just go, right? You got all the skills in the world. You're incredible Muay Thai. You're experienced. You don't get finished by anybody. Let's just go. Let's just let it loose. And she did against Lemos, and I thought it served her well. A lot of people thought she won the fight. I know on paper she's going to get the red mark. She's going to get the red L, but uh, she won the fight in a lot of people's opinions. And Jan Jaroba, mixed results here. Fought some high-level competition with uh, Mackenzie Dern. Dropped that fight. Couldn't really get the takedown. Lost in the stand-up. Amanda Hebos, same kind of situation. And then uh, the Kanaka. Uh, Morata fight, which is her biggest win to date, was a shoulder injury. So it was a fight that she was controlling pretty well, but again, it was a shoulder injury. Uh, I like the dog again here, boys. And not only do I like the dog, but I'm the dog, the big bad dog. Boom, boom, dog lock, thin card. 
Uh, listen, I've I've bagged on women's MMA. I am terrible at betting wins, women's MMA and picking in women's MMA. I'm usually the opposite. So if you're listening to this, make v- Janjaroba your moral lock, right? I'm here to create a service. If I'm on a women's side and I dog lock them, good chance they're probably going to lose. I'm almost like a women curse when it comes women's MMA curse of that. So... I'm doing you a service. Go Janji Roba, lock her up, put some shekels on her, and that counts as a win for me. But I do like Angela Hill in this fight. I think she just could be more violent on the feet. I like her elbows. I like her clinch game. Janji Roba's wrestling is coming along, but she does spend a lot of time in that clinch. She's a little undersized, at least height-wise. She's going to get eaten up with knees. She's going to get eaten up with elbows by Angela Hill. Uh, Angela Hill's great at distance as well. Janji Roba, though, has a huge advantage when the fight goes to the ground. I do think Angela Hill's made leaps and bounds since that random Marcos fight where she got taken down and just got armbarred and uh, looked just really pedestrian. I think she has made a lot of strides in her ground, and she needs to. And this is, uh, again, I think Angela Hill is analytical. I think she's smart. So this is a type where she's, okay, the only way Ginger Robo's going to win, she takes me down. So I can't get taken down. And if I do get taken down, I got to get the fuck up. So the over 2.5 minus 255, I do like that. I got to be honest with you guys. I was flirting putting that in the slime ball parlay. I have said to you several times, I do not do money line and props in parlays. You do prop parlays, then you do money line, money line parlays. You don't mix them. Not my house. But I need to change something up. I need to get a little, you know, change it up. Get some of the, you know, get some of the fucking mojo back, right? And uh, But I couldn't pull the trigger, but I do like over two and a half. I've been crushing over two and a half lately, um, stringing together some little parlays. Those are the really, even though I was down this week, even though I lost money this week, I hit, I hit a couple over two and a half, and those really saved me. That and, uh, and uh, really, that's it. You know, that, that, that's about fucking it. I missed pretty much everything else. So I do like the over and a half. It's not a crazy number at minus 255. I can see maybe Angela Hill cutting her and getting a stop or even Janjaroba catching arm late. But nah, give me the over two and a half. This fight's going to be competitive. It's going to go to decision. Hopefully the judges finally like Angela Hill in this one. Um, cause I do think Janjaroba is going to try to clinch a lot. And I think Angela Hill is going to dominate the clinch and it's all going to depend what the judges see. Hopefully they see those fucking elbows and knees coming at Janjaroba's head. Cause Angela Hill dog lock. Let's go. Big drink. Let's get caught out there for a little bit. Big drink boys. Michael Johnson, fucking Michael Johnson. He's back. Minus one fifty or minus one fifty versus Alan Patrick plus one thirty. Let's see if these lines have stayed the same, boys. Yep, the exact same. That is good news. Michael Johnson. I feel like I haven't seen this guy fight in forever, forever. So he's on a four fight skip. And Michael Johnson's one of those guys. If you ask hardcore fans like myself and uh, Timbo and, and some other people, this guy has all the skills. How old is he right now? Is he a little too old now? Okay, he's 35, so he's, I mean, he's right there. But this guy literally has all the skills in the world to be world champion. He is seconds away from some of these fights being a lot better than they are. It's a lack of focus. He has the skills. He has the coaching. Everyone likes him in the gym. Like, he's a gym guy. He's like team captain a lot of times. It's got to be some kind of mental confidence issue. This fight was supposed to happen back in uh, a week ago. Really? A week ago? A week ago? A week ago? Um, so anyway, four fight losing streak. Clay Clay Guida, decision loss. He did not look inspired. That was back in February of 2021. So he's full over a year. Looked a little uninspired. Taking a break. I like it. Tiago Moises, dominant. Moises that first round. Rocked him. 
could have had him out. Maybe a 10-8 round comes out, gets ankle locked a second round. You get caught. Stevie Ray, majority decision, very close fight. I did not watch that fight back. I can't say whether he won or lost. Obviously, majority decision tells me it's a very, very close fight. Again, not going to speak on it because I do not remember, and I did not watch it back. The Josh Emmett fight. Josh Emmett, high-level guy fighting Calvin Kidd. Here coming up, high-level guy. He was winning. It was like, well, okay, so it was a competitive fight. Some people maybe had him up. Some people didn't. Michael Johnson's boxing is, is fast. It's Chris. He's big power. He's got a knockout win over Dustin Poirier for crying out loud. He's got a war with Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz won that fight, but it was a pure stand-up. But Michael Johnson landed some big shots on Nate Diaz as well. Um, but obviously Nate won, but it was competitive. And Josh Emmett, again, another one of those things. Speed killed Emmett, and then Emmett clipped him in that fucking third round and put him out. You know, it was his first knockout loss, I believe, like full-on knockout loss. I know he's gotten, uh, you know, Justin Gaethje, like, TKO'd him and stuff, but that was, like, his full on knockout loss and he's fought everybody right and he's like everyone's like whoa do more you're so good finally alan patrick who to me is coming off kind of a scumbag fight right getting dominated by mason jones gets eye poked says he can't continue a lot of people online including yours truly said that it looked like it was just a kind of average eye poke it didn't seem that much i'm not in there i'm not alan patrick but it did seem to me that he looked like he was on his way out right it's not two fight losing streak besides no contest bobby green decision loss and then scott holtzman finished him in the third round scott holtzman fights big for me because scott holtzman is a striker solid take down the fence at least can be and um or has been in the past and you know he stayed on the feet with holtzman and then eventually gets butchered on the ground in that third round michael johnson has a wrestling background even though sometimes he hasn't shown it but the speed disparity i think is gonna be huge on the feet i think michael johnson is gonna knock him up a little bit alan patrick is a 38 year old guy i'm taking michael johnson you can't talk me out of it you won't talk me out of it i'm going with mj here um this is a four fight losing streak with a guy as talented as michael johnson there's no way it's going to be five sanford mma is getting this guy's mind right kamar usman's been down there they're getting this guy right he's coming out looking fast catching him with the left hands he's fast as fuck let's go michael johnson i just now looked at his record his record's 19 and 17 Ooh. Angela Hill, 13-11. Michael Johnson, 19-17. He's fucking fought the best in the world. What a crazy-ass record. Let's go Johnson over Alan Patrick here, who's got a good record in 15-3, but a lot of those were outside the UFC, so uh, I'm going to need I'm gonna need Michael Johnson here. Next up, Vivia Ardrul. She is a minus 105 versus Angela Lee, who is minus 115. We got to pick them fight, boys. We got to pick them fight. Pick them, pick them, pick them. Um, I'm high on Angela Lee. I'm going to pick Angela Lee. Not bearing the lead here. I picked against her, not in the Shevchenko fight. God, I, I will never take Antonio, Antonio Shevchenko over anybody. Shots fired. Uh, the little sister of Valentina, I would never pick her. But I had her in the Joanne Wood fight, lost split decision, thought she won. I had her in the Lauren Murphy fight, lost split decision. That one, I thought maybe Lauren Murphy did win that fight. Had her in the Roxy and Montefiore fight. Lost unanimous decision, right? Roxy got her, but just, you know, those were all back in 2019, 2020, 2020. Comes back against Antina Shochenko. Triangle arm bar, second round. That was back in 21. I think she moved camps a little bit. I know she's bouncing around. I'm not sure if she's if she's Louisiana or if she's in Texas or something. Something happened in her camp. I should know, but I don't know. 
Anyway, whatever did it work. She got a finish trying arm bar round two over Shevchenko. Comes out against Cynthia Cavio, who possibly might have not looked super motivated. If we're going to be go ahead and be real with it, let's be hunted. Let's keep it hunted. Uh, did not look super motivated. Corner stoppage round two. Looked very good. She was all over Calvillo in that fight. Looked really good on her stand up. Looked really good on her cardio, her pace, her grappling exchanges. Everything looked fantastic. Vivian Ardrew was a girl who came in the UFC. And let me see. Right. Huge knockout over Tyler Bernardo. Big overhand right. Holy shit. Look at this power. Decisions Alexa Davis vet. Loses to Jessica I in a very sloppy Jessica I type fight. Gets Montana Del Rosa. Gets Roxy. Both decisions. So where did this power come from? Where was this power? You have some injuries out, or excuse me. You have some finishes outside the UFC. Where's this huge power that you showed? This beautiful right hand in the third round. Haven't really seen it, right? But it's still there, I would assume. But the Montana fight and the Roxanne fight, she played it kind of safe. She's she's protecting herself. She's winning fights. That's what she's doing. Caitlin Chikagan fight, she fell behind the entire fight. I think she's going to fall behind in this fight as well. I like Andrew Lee in this fight. Uh, I like Andrew Lee. Just no props for me. I like her straight up. I like the money line, 115. Feed it to me, baby. Feed me the money line at 115. Um, it is staying the same on DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Um, I like Andrea Lee here. I just think she's the better fighter everywhere. I do think if it goes to the ground, she's going to have the advantage. Andrea Lee has struggled off her back. I think she's fixing that, not going to her back, and then working her way to the feet. I like how she mixes things up. Her cardio looks good, but the past two fights, her stand-up has looked really good too. Put the pressure on the stand-up and then take it down because Vivian, you know, listen, the knock on not the knock on her, but, the, the you know, she does. We still see that right-hand fucking knockout. We still see it, boys. So that's obviously going to be in the back of a lot of people's minds. It's the back of my fucking mind. But I like Andrew Lee here as a bet. I'm not going to parlay it. I don't parlay women's MMA. Again, I have a host, historically bad record betting women's MMA. But I'm going to keep doing it because I got to get better. Okay? The only way to get better is to work harder. Okay? You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to do. Give me Andrew Lee. Um, Going to be a competitive fight. Going to be going to be fun uh, fun fight to watch. Next up, Jake Hadley. Hadley? Jack Hadley. Minus 220. Woo! Minus 210. Excuse me. Versus Alan Nascimento. Plus 175. Got to be honest with you, boys. This fight, this was, was this the hardest one to pick? Yeah. Hard, besides the main event, this was the hardest one to pick for sure. I'll tell you why. Alan Nascimento is a guy who, he's a good size underdog here, right? He's 0-1 UFC against Tagir. Really 0-2, lost on the contender series as well against Ryland Pilo, but it was a very close fight. Ryland Pilo is doing great things in the UFC. The Tagir fight, I thought, was very close. I didn't think he lost. I didn't think he won. You know, he's pushing the takedowns, came in on short notice, looked pretty good. This guy thinks better than what people are giving him credit for. I, I, I truly believe that. I think Nascimento is a tough, durable dude. He's hard to get out of there. He's 18 to 6. He's been around for a while. Experienced guy. Jake Haley, Hadley. How do you pronounce it in English, people? White Kong. Dope nickname. That's a dope nickname. Young kid, confident as ever. His topology pitcher, he's a small guy, right? He's flyweight, 125. Topology pitcher, he's got red underwear on. I mean, I know they're, they're, they're fight shorts or tight shorts, but they're red whitey tighties. And the belt, that's bigger than his entire torso because he's a small guy. But uh, came on the contender series. I think he had, didn't he have like trouble getting on the contender series for a while? He was supposed to fight Clinton Rodriguez, I think, right? Yeah, okay. Cage War guy, which we know Cage Wars produces pretty good fighters. Former champion in case wars. Had trouble getting the contender series or something. There was a visa issue. Don't remember. Maybe an injury. So it's like Clayson Rodriguez with Clayson and winning, getting the UFC. So then he comes against Mitch Rapuzo, who fought on the Ultimate Fighter. 
Uh, good wrestler, good grappler, competitive first round. Jake took over in the second round. Jake obviously likes to play the ground game. He's good on the ground. His stand-up's trying to come a little bit. He's very hittable in the Mitch fight, showed a pretty good chin, um, but did get tagged a few times in that Mitch fight. Alan Nascimento likes to make it grimy, but he likes to get it to the ground. Is he going to want to take Jake to the ground? Because that's what Jake likes. Jake's good off his back. He's he's He's... Got an active guard, but even more so, he's got really good sweeps. He creates scrambles, and then within those scrambles, you can take your back. Um, so I had trouble because I was like, man, I need more dogs, right? I'm always dog hunting. I'm dog the bounty hunter, right? And I'm looking for more dogs, but I can't force the dogs. And I really wanted Nascimento. I thought he had a good number there. Has he ever been submitted before? Let's look at that. Okay, so um, everything I see is the decision losses. Decision losses, decision losses, decision losses. So he's never been submitted before. He's, he's, I'm telling you, he's a tough, durable dude. This gives me a little, 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 but I tell you what happened. When I put up that tweet about, you know, who are you looking forward to? There's so much confidence behind this kid, right? And he does have skills. He's young. He's active. I think this is a bad matchup for Nascimento because I think Nascimento is a good grappler, but I just think Jake maybe is a couple steps ahead of him. I could be wrong. Who do you think? I just said an English fighter, an Englishman, has maybe a step ahead of a grappling over a Brazilian guy. That's 2022. What year is it? What the fuck? <laughs> 2022 MMA. Is I think the English guy has a better who's eight no 25 years old stud has a better grappling over Nascimento. I just think he has better overall game in MMA, but I'm gonna be sweating it. But this is slime ball candidate number two because my beautiful, wonderful Twitter followers have a lot of confidence in this guy. Um makes me have confidence because I was on the fence. I don't want to force a dog here. I need parlays. I need parlay pieces. JK Lee seems like a confident bloke. <laughs> See what I did there? He's English. Nailed it. And uh, so give me Jake Haley or Hadley. I don't know how you pronounce his name. So I'm going to figure it out once once uh, Brandon Fitzgerald, once Fitzy pronounces it this weekend, I'll have it locked in. I won't mess it up again. But uh, give me Jake. And just out of just fucking let's go, right? Let's look at props because props make you fucking rich. Jake Haley, Hadley, excuse me. I think it's Hadley. Fuck off. By submission, plus 450. By decision, plus 110, right? Nascimento, black on the ground, good on the ground. Could get submitted. We've seen it before. Charles Arvera's been submitted. You know, Rodolfo Vera been, has been submitted. People can get submitted, right? Um, by submission, plus 450, worth a poke. Worth a poke, boys. Nascimento by submission, plus 450, will also, also worth a poke. And by decision, plus 500, a little more. I think that might be a little more realistic because I think... He, Maybe Jake could be caught up playing the guard game a little bit off his back, losing rounds, whatever. So Nascimento by plus 500, by 5-1, to one, by submission or by decision. Listen, I'll take it. I'll take it every day of the week, 5-1. to one. All right, next up, Frank Camacho versus Manuel Torres. Oh, Frank Camacho looks to be in great shape. One of the smallest waists I've ever seen ever on Instagram. He looks to be kind of taking it seriously, but Camacho my, uh, plus one ten versus Torres minus one thirty. Let's see if this is moved at all. Camacho plus one ten uh, one oh five. Manuel Torres minus one twenty five. So the problem here is no one knew who Manuel Torres is. He came on the contender series, had a great knockout in the first round over Colton Ungland, who is just okay. Right, he's not the best, just okay. But he's got some losses that we don't really know about. Right, he lost to Carlos Calvo Calvo. 6-0 by knee bar back in 2019. No promotion. No, no, you know, round one, but no promotion. And then we lost by, and then he lost to Mahata Garza Avalos. 8-7-1 by heel hook. 
Obviously, he's got a problem with his legs. The guy gets wrapped up and he gets his legs taken from him. Other than that, he has some decent wins. He has some KO wins. He's got some submission wins himself, but the competition is very just meh. Some of these guys don't even have fucking records. So this is a big question mark. But then you get Frank Camacho. He's a fucking vet. Grizzly vet. Used to have a chin from hell. Fought at 170. Uh, Jeff Neal changed his career, in my opinion. Jeff Neal's knockout of him was absolutely fucking vicious. Head kick. I mean, just fucking killed the guy. Took a year off. Got a win over Nick Hine. Took another. Oh, no. Same year. Fought Benil Darius. Got wrapped up in a rear naked choke in round one. That's going to happen. Benny Darius is a stud. Took a year off. Fought Justin James. Got knocked out in the first round. Justin James just come in with hooks. <laughs> That's what he did until Camacho just couldn't take it. It's taking two years off, almost two years to the day when he's going to fight. And how did Brock Weaver fight cancel? Brock Weaver's comeback in the Matt Favola, the steamroller Favola. All both those got canceled. Now he's fighting Manuel Torres, which I think is a favorable matchup. I think he would have probably beat Brock Weaver because Brock Weaver stinks, and then Matt Favola probably would have turned him into a pretzel. But uh, Manuel Torres is a good matchup for him because we don't know anything about this guy. Good striker. Powerful dude. A lot of people are fading him for the simple fact that he's coming off the contender series with a first-round knockout. No one knows who he is. No one knows his losses. No one knows his wins. Who the fuck is this kid, right? I'm going with him. You know what I mean? I'm riding with Torres here. I like the number. If it was a crazy big number, like people really riding high in this kid, I would definitely watch out for this. But this is a fight that I'm going to bet. Slimeball cannon number three right here from Miguel Torres. I'm a fucking nut, dude. UFC Debbie Tom that no one knows his record. No one knew who he fight. I'm throwing him in a slimeball. I'm crazy. I'm fucking crazy. I'll give you the full slimeball at the end of the show, but... Um, my Moel Torres, man, I like him over over uh, uh, Camacho. Camacho looks to me in great shape, according to his Instagram. Uh, body on point here. He does have some good wrestling. Camacho can take you down. He isn't just a brawler. He does have an overall mixed martial arts game. That's where I can see Torres having a problem here. Torres can be get taken down. Watch out those legs. He's been lost twice with leg submissions. Um, I don't know if Torres has leg, you know, knee bars and, and ankle locks and whatnot, but he does have some pretty good grappling in his arsenal. He seems to be in phenomenal shape. So that is a spot I can see a lot of people liking, but I'm going to ride with the new guy. I'm going to ride with the powerful guy. Um, how old is Torres? Because if he's, I mean, I'm not going to look yet, right? The commuter's over here. I'm not looking. If he's over 28, right, I'm going to go Camacho. That's my deal to you. If he's over 28, I'm going to switch sides all together, and I'm going to go Camacho, okay? Let's see how old he is. 27. Got to go towards, baby. Hey, got to go towards. I left that to the fate. He's going to be, he just turned 27 too back in March, okay? So he's young 27. Give me Torres. Let's go. All right, next fights. Are these four are the ones I picked on the Anakin Florian, so it's going to be no surprise to you. I broke them down. I don't remember much of it because I was telling you it was my Jordan Flew game. I had a migraine. Don't remember anything besides the David Grant fight. But Caitlin Chikagian versus Mandy Hebos. I saw that today. They reposted that today. Still like Hebos. Haven't changed my mind at all. Uh, Chikagian is a tough out. She's tough for anyone to beat. Uh, you know, her movement, her, her um, ability to win fights. By decision, I mean, squeezes him out. She yells every time she punches. He also is a girl that I like. I think she knows she's better everywhere. But this is what's so great about MMA. There's so many intangibles. I do think he boss is better everywhere, but she might not be able to get in anywhere. Um, her wrestling's not overly good. Caitlin Chigging probably going to stop the wrestling takedowns. And uh, he boss is going to maybe be walking into a lot of stuff because Chigging's the bigger girl. See, a lot of people very confident in Chigging. Chigging minus 170. He boss plus 150. I'm still taking the dog. 
underdog. I'm not backtracking. I'm not switching my pick. He boss now plus one fifty five. A lot of some money. Some monies is coming in on uh, Chicago, and I get it. Right? She's a tough fucking nut to crack. She's hard to bet against. She's hard to win money against. But I like the number on He boss. This is something. This is gonna be a pride pick. This is gonna be something when I drive to Indiana. I'm gonna sit there and I'm. I got my last bullet left. And I'm gonna be like, you know what? Who should I fire this on? And it's gonna be He boss because. People I respect are picking Chikagian, and and I just want to be right. It's one of those, like, let me be right one time on this one, huh? Uh, but I do think Hebos is a very talented girl. But again, my advice earlier in the podcast, I am so ice cold when it comes to women's MMA, go opposite. So that means bet your fucking house on Chikagian. All right, next up, Louis Smoker versus David Grant. Fight I'm looking forward to the most. David Grant is my guy who I picked on the Aiken Florian. I like him a lot. Slimeball Canada at number four. Number four. There's only going to be three. He's number four, and... Lock him up, babe. Lock him up. Davy Grant, who I have doubted his whole career, made fun of the Jonathan Martinez fight. If anyone pulled audio from that fucking pick on podcast, I might be canceled. Not really canceled in David Grant's household, at least. Um, this kid's a scrapper. This kid's tough. He's, he's, he's been in there with some really good, talented guys. He's coming off two losses over to Yanat, yeah, Adrian Yanez, who's a fucking stud, and Chito, who's going to be you know, gonna win fucking president next year or next four years, whatever. How does that work? What is it? Huh? What day is it? Um, but Smoka, again, listen, Smoka had some really good things to say at the press conference. He's letting the hair grow out. He's, uh, he's like, hey, if you like last week's main event, stick around for our fight. He knows it's going to be a scrap. He knows that he needs to, you know, create madness in there, create scrambles, grab an arm, grab a neck. He could submit David Grant. David Grant is a jiu-jitsu fighter, but he's more, you know, he wants to keep the fight standing because he's got power. I like David Grant here. The number, plus 230 for Smolka, plus 290, or excuse me, minus 290 in David Grant. I can assure you that has moved. David Grant is now minus 305. Louis Smolka, plus 240. Listen, give me all that David Grant love. Mortal lock. I lock him up. Um, yeah, listen, not a ton of spots on this card. 11 fights. Hopefully none cancel out. But I do like this spot for David Grant here. Louis Smoker seems to fall a little short. This is a really high card placement for him. 35ers go shot. It's going to be an exciting fight. Give me David Grant. I like him by KO as well. Let me look at that prop. Why I got it, boyzos. My boys. David Grant by KO plus 100. Ugh. I mean, I like the money line in a parlay. Um, I like under two and a half, which is minus 200. That could be interesting as well with maybe another over two and a half, you know, another prop. Um, plus plus 100 is not crazy. Um, yeah, but Samoko by decisions plus 700. I mean, you could hedge. You, you can edge, but I'm confident. David Grant, mortal lock. Next up, co-main event, Ryan Spann versus Ian Kutalaba. <sighs> Superman Span uh, has been in my doghouse since the Johnny Walker fight. He lost me a lot of money. I think this guy is just your kind of average fighter. I think he's gotten away with a lot of things in his MMA career because of his size and his athleticism. He's huge for 205. Kutalaba looks to be motivated and ever looks to be in shape, shaving that head, angry, screaming at the camera every time I look at him on Instagram. I see him coming out, not doing anything crazy in that first round. This is just all me assuming Coming out, nothing crazy, and then taking him down. Ryan Spann is a fish off, fish out of water. <laughs> Nailed that. Fish out of water um, on his back. He's got some good get-ups because, again, he's so long and athletic and strong. But Kutalaba, though, is, is a stud. He's strong. He's going to get you there. He's going to take you there, put you there. He's going to pound you out, maybe submit him. I like Kutalaba by, uh, you know, 
I mean, he could submit Span, but I like him by TKO. I like him just raining down fucking blows. KO TKO minus 135. So a lot of people think, a lot of people are thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Minus 135. Whenever I look at a prop, it's in the minus, like a finished prop, and it's in the minus. Nah, nah. Don't like it. Let's go submission by plus 850. Kutalaba, Sambo guy. He can take an arm. He can take a neck. Does Kutalaba has any submissions on his record? I imagine he's got to have at least one. Oh, let's see, Kutalaba elbows. Yeah, the guy loves just fucking getting on top of you and just hey, hey, hey. Uh, Oma Plata win way back when in 2015 over Vitaly. Vitaly, what are you doing lately, bro? Six five and one. Onyx is his nickname. He fought in 2019. That's about it. Um, but, but he had Oma Plata win over him, which is which is a very another Oma Plata win. Over Igor Kultagov. Igor, where you at, man? Oh, my God, Igor. Oh, my. He looks like Butterbean in this picture. Look at this guy's <laughs> He looks like the ball guy from Barry that just gained a lot of weight. Nine and nine is his MMA record. When was the last time he fought? Back in 2016. Okay, so, yeah, these uh, these Omoplatas, that's his fucking move. He's got two submission wins, both by Arma Omoplata. He's got some submission losses, but, man, Omoplata, look out, Ryan Span. Uh, listen, I can't do the prop of him finishing. I like a money line. Um, I wouldn't even be adding him to a parlay. He's not part of the slime ball parlay for whatever reason, just because I think Ryan Spain is dangerous in that first round. But I do like Kudalaba. I think it's a worth a throw. It's worth a shot in the dark uh, by submission there, man. At 800, 8 to 1 with anything, it gets me going. He could fucking home a plot them, dude. Take a fucking shoulder home to chug. Take it with you. Uh, main event, Jan Blahovic versus Alexander Rakic, plus 155 for Blahovic, minus 184 Rakic. So Kenny Florian broke this down first, and uh, he killed it. I mean, he said everything that needed to be said, what Jan is showing up, right? And I pick Rakic, and I'm sticking with Rakic. Um, and I, I became a little more confident in Rakic because of what of what Kenny said in his breakdown. He picked Jan. I understand why. Jan, former champion, it's a guy that his whole career he's been doubted. He's come back from the brink of doubts. You know, he's two and four, almost cut, rallies off wins. No one thought he was gonna be champion. He's the champion. Now he's coming off an ugly loss of his title to Glover Texera, which is, you know, wasn't a great performance by him. So this is where Jan rallies. So I understand why people like Jan, plus he's a dog. I get it. Former champion dog money, but he is 39. Rakic is huge, and he's got all of confidence in the world. Good striker, good kicker. His boxing still needs a little improvement, but his kicks are very good. His grappling is something he's obviously worked on desperately. Um, the Volko Nozomir fight was, was a grappling-heavy fight where he lost split decision. It was very, very close. I actually had Rakic winning that, but um, he's outgrappled the past two opponents. Mr. Twitter fingers, bah, 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 loves running his mouth. I kind of like it. Don't love it because he needs to kind of show up because his grappling is basically, I'm a big, strong dude. I'm going to take you down. I'm just going to keep you there. And I'm going to do just enough not to get stood up. And if I get stood up, I'm going to take you down again. You know, he doesn't have submissions. Ground and pound is very average. Uh, again, stand up is good, but mainly for those giant kicks. Again, I think his boxing is weak. At least it has been weak. We haven't seen him in a little bit. This could be a resurgence where he comes out there and, he, and he's going to be the faster guy. Jan Blahovic is not fast. Jan Blahovic is awkward. His timing is different. Um, he's a hard guy to read in there. But this comes back to my Johnny Hendricks theory, right? And I've said this before. You know, Johnny Hendricks was a guy that was obsessed with winning the title. 
Obsessed with beating GSP and winning the title. Fought GSP, lost. Gave him a title shot, won the title. Was ecstatic, right? I think he defended once, maybe, and then he fell off the face of the earth. Anthony Pettis, the same way. Won the title at 55, defended it once against Gilbert Melendez, and then just, I did enough. I made a Wheaties box. The motivation's not there. I'm a millionaire. It happens to people. Not saying it happened to Jan, but Jan looked very pedestrian in the Glover fight, unmotivated, almost like he was taking Glover a little, not seriously, because um, during the press conference, he was saying, oh, Glover, what are you going to do? Take me down? Yeah, okay, we, we're expecting that. But he, he he fucking got taken down. He couldn't do nothing. He got rocked in the feet. Um, so I just think Jan is, there's not much else. To, I know he's got a new son uh, or an only son, firstborn son. Trust me, being a father, I know you're, <clears throat> you're working your ass off for your kids. But I just don't know if that's enough in combat sports. I like Rockage here. I'm doubling down on Rockage. Give me... Alexander Rockage minus 180. That's going to be a money line pick, probably by decision. Um, I, I just don't see him finishing Jan. Jan's a fucking tough dude. Uh, let's see what decision is here for. So over three and a half is minus 130. I like that. I like over three and a half. And I like Alexander Rockage by decision plus 215. I like those as well. 11 to 1 by submission. I don't think he's submitting Jan, but uh, yeah. So um, I like that. That's my card. So let's go slime ball parlay. I've teased it enough. I got the number here. Let me just do it right here while we got it um, because I have the number written down in my little trusty book here. Okay, so anchor the parlay. Davey Grant, mortal lock, obviously very confident in Davey Grant. Think he's going to get it done. That's slime ball leg one. Slime ball leg two. Jake Haley, Hadley, excuse me. Don't love it. There's not a many spots on here. I can't do women's MMA because it's Burmese in the past, but um, it was either Haley Hadley, fuck you, can't say your name. Uh, Hadley, there you go, nailed it. It was either Hadley or Rockage. I went with Hadley. I, I, I think the, the kid is going to get it done, but I am nervous. I'm not nervous about David Grant, and I'm not nervous about Hadley. Or I am nervous about Hadley. The third guy who I should be the most nervous about, but I'm just going, fuck you. It's like, just let's go. Let's create chaos. Michael Johnson, baby. The one guy every MMA capper tells you you can't bet. I tweeted out I'm having the hardest time with this fight. What Michael Johnson's going to show up. I am now doubling down, putting my money where my mouth is, and taking Michael Johnson in the slime ball parlay plus 221. Two to one on your money, little slightly over. Not the biggest slime ball, but goddamn it, we're cashing, baby. Whew. And I'm nervous about Hadley. You know, uh, and if you don't like this, listen, create your own slime ball. Treat it at me. This is just my version of it, okay? The slime ball's for everybody. It's for everybody. But I just, this is a big fuck you to myself, essentially, picking Michael Johnson because, you know, the one most unreliable guy that you want to bet. You know, you want to put your money on is Michael Johnson. And I'm saying, you know what? Let go. All right, that's it. That's the show. MMA Takes Podcast on everything. IG, MMA Takes Podcast. Twitters, MMA Takes Podcast. YouTube, which you're watching this, MMA Takes Podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Let's go. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's fucking rule the world, baby. Buy shirt. Link in the description. I got new shirts coming out in like two days. Let's go. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Come on, motherfucker, back! Come on! Come on.
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.